Coach Prime has done it again. Colorado is able to add another top talent from the transfer portal and more about Colorado football. I'll talk about that today on Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked On Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Borba. And today, like we do every day, we got some breaking news around Colorado football. We got top stories around the transfer portal. We have attendance at the spring game going crazy. And we even have some very early odds for week one and week two matchups against TCU and Nebraska. I'm going to dive into all of that. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked On Buffs your first listen of the day. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. And we're going to have everything you need to know about Colorado football every single day of the week. Five days a week. Not, it's not seven days a week, but five days a week. We got you. We got you covered. Um, let's dive in. First up, we have the attendance for the spring game. It's going berserk. Um, for comparison, last year, they had a few thousand fans um, attend the game. And the year before, a few thousand as well. It was for free. Some students show up. Some students couldn't be bothered. Maybe spring break got in the way. I don't really know when spring break is for Colorado, but Last year, they had 1,950. Okay, not bad. Not too shabby. Um, that's about a slight percentage. Let's, that's maybe 3% of the stadium's capacity. Let's do the math real quick right here. Um, we'll go 1,900, 1,900 divided by 50,000. That is almost 1% of the stadium being filled. Um, this year, tickets are on sale for $10. You could buy your tickets now to the black and gold game. And you get to see Shooter Sanders, Travis Hunter, Coach Prime for the first time. And there's going to be a little, it's going to be a little bit more crowded. Um, as of right now, Colorado has sold 30,013 tickets compared to 30,450 fans, um, 450 tickets for the last seven years. So this year's spring game, which is year one under Coach Prime, under Coach Deion Sanders, they have sold almost as many tickets as they have for the past seven years combined. And when you factor in that the spring game is not until the end of April, it's hard to imagine that they won't sell those, what is it, 380-something tickets to go until they surpass that number. It wouldn't surprise me if they sold out. Um, so what does that tell What does that tell us about Colorado and where they're at as a program, despite what Paul Feinbaum says? And I talked about that yesterday, if you want to check out yesterday, yesterday's episode, what Feinbaum had to say about Colorado. Um, there's obviously a new energy around the program. I think there's a new fascination with the program. Uh, Colorado has always been kind of a program that's been in the middle of the pack, um, at least the past 20 or so years. Middle of the pack, they've had a few seasons where they stood out, but fan base has always been loyal, but it hasn't really been a, a brand that garners national attention. Um, I had someone get upset with me when I said they weren't nationally relevant every year. They don't garner the national t- attention that other programs within, say, the Pac-12 do, for example. But this year, they might be one of the most popular brands in all of college football. They might be the most popular brand in the Pac-12. And, I mean, in my comment section, I had someone tell me that they were flying from Atlanta to Boulder just for the spring game. And this isn't for a regular season game. This is for the spring game. They have someone. They have people flying from all over the country to watch, their play, watch them suit up for the first time. And I think it'll be quite the spectacle. We'll get to see all the guys that Deion Sanders brought in through the portal for, for the first time. And we'll get to see the closest thing to real football we could get. Um, spring football is kind of 
it gives us our last fix of college football before we have to wait a few months for for the season to start. Um, yeah, it, it gives us our little fix. But here's the thing. I think the amount of people going to the spring game really shows that this program is changing for the better. Um, I don't really think that because obviously people like Feinbaum, I'm going to keep alluding to that just because of how interesting his stance was. He said that it's going to be a novelty Colorado this next season and people aren't going to care when they start losing. But I think one, I don't think Colorado is going to lose as much as people think. Um, I'm just going to, we're going to preview the schedule eventually. And I, I just feel like that's way too bold of a statement to, that's not too bold of a statement, but I don't think they're going to win just two games or three games. Like many people are projecting. I think they have a, a six or seven win season on in the in reality i think they could get to six or seven wins um but i think all the excitement is really starting to show through and i think people are around the country are just excited to see what they could do and i really am looking forward to that spring game um i personally will not be in attendance but i will be watching it on television because it is going to be nationally televised on espn unlike other programs like oregon whose spring game was on the pac-12 network and all the other spring games have been on the pac-12 network colorado is must see tv there's going to be if I had to predict, I would say around 40,000 people. I think that I think it could get to that point, if not a sellout crowd. Um, San, Coach Sanders did say he wants it to sell out. And I think it could get to that point, but we'll say 40,000 to be safe. Um, a lot of people want to a lot of people want to watch and see what Colorado's all about. They have their fast offense. They have a brand new defensive coordinator from Alabama who's hopefully going to rejuvenate them. So, a lot can go right for the buffs and before we start talking about the money lines and stuff, which it's very early for money line information. Um, I do need to give a shout out to one of our sponsors at, over at FanDuel. Um, the midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If you don't win, if your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel, FanDuel, excuse me, sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. Um, I know personally with the All-Star break is kind of, I mean, we're in the middle of it still a little bit, but it's almost over. I'm eyeballing a certain Memphis Grizzlies game against the 76ers. I think the Grizzlies are due for a big win over a top team in the NBA. Um, they've been struggling with the West, and I think it all goes back to John Morant saying that he's fine in the West, but whatever. The 76ers are in the East. Um, they've been struggling in the West, but they should be fine in the East, and I think they have some pretty good odds, so I would take a look at that one. Um, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So, don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, speaking of betting, um, our guys over at FanDuel, they dropped their um, odds for not all of college football games. I feel like that'd be a little crazy, but they dropped them for... I want to say it was a handful, maybe 10 to 15 games next season of just notable games that they figured need to have some odds out already. So I myself looked at them today and I wrote about them over at Athlon Sports where you can find most of all my writing about Colorado. Uh, me and John are covering the program on prints or digital, I guess. And then obviously we have the podcast and YouTube. So um, let's start week one against TCU. Um, spoiler alert, they were underdogs in both of them. Um, the TCU one's a bit surprising, and I'm going to get into that in a quick second here. Um, excuse me. They opened the game 
as 17 and a half point underdogs, which if you're not very good at football math, that is three scores. So they need three touchdowns, a touchdown, and they need three touchdowns if it's 17 and a half. Um, yeah, they need three touchdowns to cover or to win, according to the people at FanDuel. Um, I think that is very coverable. Uh, and when you consider TCU lost Max Duggan, they lost Quentin Johnston, they lost um, Lincoln Riley's little brother Garrett, the offensive coordinator. They're losing a bunch of guys from the offense. And I think this is around the time where we see the doubters like Feinbaum, even FanDuel, which great sponsors, but they're doubting the buffs. And I think all of the buffs fans know that with all the new players coming in and Deion Sanders' energy and the offensive speed that Sean Lewis is going to have, um, the offensive pace, not him. I'm sure he's a fast guy, but the offense that he will be calling will be fast. They average th- a play per 30 seconds. Charles Kelly on the defense is going to try to shore up these I mean, the defense ranked as one of the worst in the country last year, so you can only go up. Um, but I think Charles Kelly is going to instill a new sort of toughness and tackling ability and just overall pressure on defense that Colorado did not have this past season. Um, if you missed last year's game, the Buffs lost by a margin of, excuse me, 38 to 13. Um, so they lost by obviously 25 points. Not sure how much um, that's factoring in. To this year's matchup, but if we're being honest, TCU's lost a lot of key players. And if I were a betting man, I which I may or may not be, depending on what state I'm in, um, I think it would be worth looking at that money, that money line, um, or the spread, excuse me, just because 17 and a half points that means you're counting on Chandler Morris, who honestly, when Chandler Morris was playing against Colorado this past season and the season opener before he went down, he wasn't looking that great. Um, the Buffs had a not an easy time stopping him, but they were doing well. It looked a lot closer of a game when Chandler Morris was in compared to Max Duggan. Two, like I mentioned, it's a Garrett Riley list offense. They hired Kendall Bryles um, as their offensive coordinator to replace him. And two, they lost or three, excuse me, it's hard to count these days. They lost their first round pick wide receiver. So a lot of big losses for TCU, um, and I think a lot of big additions. Um, another major addition, which happened Wednesday night. Um, for the buffs. And I think the buffs are trending in the right direction compared to TCU who had a great off season. They signed one of their, I think it was their best recruiting class ever. And they brought in some great transfers, but we don't know how that's going to mix. And I think it'll be a a fairly even matchup if I had to predict right now. Um, Obviously it's very early to start betting on things, but I would expect that line to kind of drop in the future. Um, Moving on to week two. We all know who week two is. I've had people from, Uh, other people from atlanta other people from florida saying they're gonna fly to boulder for this game uh oh did i mention that week one game is deon sanders deon sanders's first game as the head coach of colorado and they think he's gonna go out there and lose by three scores that's bold i that's bold to me i don't know i i wouldn't want to bet against coach prime but hey um gotta do what you gotta do uh nebraska on the other hand is coming to boulder week two and this will be Deion Sanders and the new era of Colorado football's first game, um, first home game, excuse me. And again, open as underdogs. This one's a lot more manageable. Uh, they open the lines at seven point underdogs, which I think, I mean, I think it's an interesting line just because of everything that, how do I say this? Everything that the Cornhuskers lost last year from last year or not lost. I mean, they lost a lot of games. I could tell you that Um, new coach, Matt rule. They brought in a good transfer class, good recruiting class. 
but I just don't think they were a good football team. And I don't think they were able to overturn the roster as well as Colorado has. Um, their biggest outside of their five-star um, athlete, Nicholas Harbor, that they were able to bring in. Um, they they brought in Jeff Sims, who was their biggest, uh, I would say, addition. And here's the thing. Jeff Sims, great athlete. Um, I don't know. I just don't trust him as a quarterback. Matt Rule obviously liked him a lot, enough to kind of build the team around. Um, yeah, or they didn't get Nicholas Harbour. Excuse me, what am I talking about? Um, I I totally blanked on that. <laughs> they didn't get Nicholas Harbour anyway, so that's another person that they're missing out on. Um, but they brought in Jeff Sims. They brought in a few guys that um, that Matt Rule thinks is going to help him. And I'm sure Nebraska will be better than what they were just because it's hard to get worse than what, I mean, honestly, it's hard to get worse than how they played this past season. The guy I was thinking of was Malachi Coleman, by the way. Sorry about that. Total, had a total brain fart. Wide receiver. Um, Nicholas Harbour ended up at South Carolina. That's on me. That's my bad. Um, but Nebraska, yeah. They're going to have a quarterback competition between Casey Thompson from the, tr- the Texas transfer who's having shoulder surgery. They have Jeff Sims who at Georgia Tech showed flashes of being a great athlete who has the good ability to throw the ball but has never really been able to put it together. And I think – I just think Colorado's in a better spot to turn things around quicker than Nebraska. And seven-point underdogs at home in Deion Sanders' first game as the head coach is pretty crazy to me. Um, We'll just have to wait and see, I guess, for that one. Also, before I continue, I do need to give another shout-out to a show that you guys should be checking out if you're a college basketball fan. I, I appreciate you guys making this Locked on Buffs your first listen of the day. But make sure you check out our brand-new podcast over on Locked on college basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on college basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Um, yeah. So, back to Nebraska, uh, Colorado. I wrote about that as well today. I saw that one, and it made me – it was a little head-scratcher for me. Um, FanDuel has them as seven-point underdogs, and assuming that they're – the the odds makers are correct. That means Colorado would be 0-2 before they have to take on. They'd be 0-2. They'd have Colorado State, which hopefully would be a win. And then they'd have to go to Oregon, host USC, and then take a trip to Arizona. And that's a tough stretch. And so they're, I feel like people are projecting just pure chaos in the first six games. Um, but in terms of recent history, let's look at how these two teams matched up. Colorado's actually won the last two meetings against Nebraska, but the Cornhuskers have won the six out of the last 10. Um, the last time they met was in 2019, which that game went into overtime. Uh, the Buffs won 34-31. And then they won in 2018, and then it wasn't until 2010 that they had met um, prior to those back-to-back meetings. Uh, I think Nebraska is similar to, and this is not a, a slight to Texas, this is not a slight to Nebraska, but I I think those two programs are similar in terms of they were once a lot better than they are and they keep clamoring to be back and they keep thinking that every year is their year. And I think under Matt rule, I do think Nebraska's ceiling is pretty high. Um, Just look at what he did with Baylor after the art Bryles fiasco. That was the Bryles um, tenure. I think he could turn it around. Um, I don't think it's going to be immediate, but I also don't think it's going to be immediate for Colorado. I just think that these two teams meeting at this time, 
I personally think that Colorado is in a better situation. I think they have a better quarterback. I think they have better defensive players, um, better offensive weapons right now. Um, who knows? Maybe Nebraska will really turn it up and ramp it up in the spring. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm more so leaning towards the Buffs being more prepared than this Nebraska team that lost to Northwestern and just had a lot of issues this past season. Um, so many issues that they were willing to fire. Um, excuse me, Scott Frost before his before his contract was at, like. I think they could have saved they could have saved millions of dollars, uh, and they chose to just get him, get him out of town because it was a disaster. And so I don't think it's that easy to overcome that disaster. Meanwhile, Colorado's added forty five new players. Um, yeah, that number is raised up one um, from forty four because, and I'm going to get to that in a second here. Oh, there's no no ad right here. Okay, perfect. We're just going to dive right into it. Okay. If you didn't know, and this is some big news, um, it happened late on Wednesday. The Buffs were able to add another transfer wide receiver. Um, they added Xavier Weaver from USF. And USF may sound familiar. That's where Jimmy Horn hails from, Jimmy Horn Jr., um, the speedster wide receiver who could kick return or could be used as a kick returner, punt returner. Um, great pass catcher, great vertical threat, and has also been used in a lot of jet sweeps and out of the backfield scenarios. Um, they brought in Xavier Weaver. I almost said Xavier Worthy. Um, the Xavier Worthy saga this offseason was crazy in its own right. But they brought in Xavier Weaver, who was obviously Jimmy Horn's teammate in South Florida, in Tampa there. Um, he's their 25th scholarship edition for the scholarship transfer edition for 2023 stands in at six foot one 180 pounds he was second team all american um all american athletic conference excuse me after catching a career best 53 passes for 718 yards six touchdowns um this past season his overall reception total um is fifth all time in program history at usf and he also averaged 17.4 yards per catch the year prior so very big deep threat um i wrote about him and you could check out i clipped a couple of his um his best plays from this past season he's not i mean six foot one's fairly big size he's not like six five by any means he's no like johnny johnson from florida state he's like six seven but six foot one but he plays a lot bigger than he is um most of his like highlight plays are him going up catching jump ball passes and coming down with it um he's this also solidifies that Florida to Boulder pipeline. Um, he's from Orlando, Florida, played at Christian Prep, and um, was just a three-star at a Christian Prep in 2019. Became the first player in the history of that school to sign with the FBS program. And as a in high school, he counted for 2,124 yards, 32 touchdowns. Um, yeah, he adds, I think, because I, when you look at Colorado's offensive, what they're kind of going to bring to the table this next season, um, I think they, I would say that their offense didn't need a lot to like get better because they did so much in the transfer portal. They have Kavosi Smoke, the Kentucky running back, Shader Sanders. They have, um, excuse me. Let's see. Let's, let me take a look at everybody they got coming in because I don't want to, I don't want to skip over anybody, but they got a lot of people coming in that I think, um, will help boost the offense. Um, oh yeah. How can I forget? They have four-star running back Dylan Edwards, who's a speedster who could be used all over the field. They have Adam Hopkins, a wide receiver. That was a former Auburn commit. Um, Amarian Miller, another wide receiver from Louisiana. Um, they also 
um, brought in a couple tight ends. They did bring in someone from Cal, but the one that I'm most excited about is, and I want to make sure I say his name right, Sado or Sedu Treore or Treor. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to look at the pronunciation. A big tight end, six foot four. He was absolutely bonkers this past season. Um, Colorado is obviously getting a huge, huge addition to the offense in Xavier Weaver. But if let me pull up this stat as well, because this is going to be very beneficial for Shadur Sanders. Um, the Buffs, I think they had a couple returning receivers that were serviceable. And I think they they will still these guys will still get to contribute, but I think Xavier Weaver Weaver excuse me automatically becomes the number one option even with like Travis Hunter and Jimmy Horn I think he's the number one guy for them, uh, but with the addition of Weaver that means him Jimmy Horn and the tight end who I mentioned earlier Sadu Traore all finish with at least thirty five catches and four touchdowns this past season Horn um, Horn had I think I think it was three passing or three rush excuse me, three receiving, one rushing, still four. Not to mention Travis Hunter, who's probably, me and John talked about it, because the speed of Colorado's offense, I think he's going to have more of like a certain package or certain look where he gets in the game. I don't think he's going to be taking full offensive snaps all the time, but I think this offense just got a whole lot better. Um, it gave Shadur Sanders, I think, a solidified number one. I think Jimmy Warren, Jimmy Horn, not Jimmy Ward, excuse me, that's a 49er fan of me talking, Jimmy Horn, um, I think he could have been that guy, but I think this is better in terms of it gives it gives the Buffs a solidified uh, number one guy. Um, and then looking at who they have coming off like their next guy, they have Montana Craig, uh, Lamanius Craig, and then of course they have uh, Jordan Tyson. Um, I think obviously Xavier Weaver comes in right away as the number one guy he's a fifth year senior um technically he'd come back for a second year with colorado if he needs to because the covid year um but don't think that's going to be necessary i think he's going to come in be the number one i think it's going to be him jimmy uh which they're going to have a usc your usc usf wide receiver core um and then the third guy will probably be i'm probably going to go montana um just because he was he has the big playability um in his first two he showed it in his first two years and i think he'll kind of be able to outshine for that third spot then of course trey at tight end is i mean they basically have four wide receivers um because trey was recruited as a wide receiver moved over to tight end um at arkansas state and i think i think they're gonna be a lot more dangerous on offense than people realize and this was just a huge addition for the buffs and i kind of think it continues to show how big of a deal that deon sanders coming to colorado is um, he did say he wanted that Florida pipeline. He said once those players realized it wasn't that cold, they would love Florida. Um, it's also kind of solidifying that Colorado is a hot spot. Um, they got him over Oklahoma, um, West Virginia, who West Virginia people don't realize. I mean, obviously they haven't had the success. Um, West Virginia is a pretty big brand in college football over on, I guess, the East Coast, the Big 12, wherever you want to pl- place them. But Oklahoma is a huge brand. They've been in the playoff multiple times. And to get them – get um, excuse me, Weaver over those two programs, especially the um, the other programs that I'm sure reached out to him because that a guy with that many touchdown catches, that many p- receiving yards, doesn't he doesn't go unnoticed in the transfer portal. Um, great late addition. He'll be there for spring ball. Um, excuse me, the 30,000 fans will get to, excuse me, the 30,000 plus fans will be able to see him in action with Shadur, 
and all the rest of the offense. So again, 45 new players for Colorado. Um, it's going to be a heck of a show over in Boulder. And before we move on to, well, I got, before we move on to the end of the show, unfortunately, because this is our last segment, I do have to thank you for making Locked on Bus your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Schott and Andy Pat bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout basketball throughout the basketball landscape, Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. So, yes, to recap, Nebraska, TCU. TCU is currently the 17.5-point favorite. If you're a gambling person, like I know many of you in Colorado are because it's legal there, I'm pretty sure it is, um, go maybe maybe eyeball that bet a little bit. 17.5 seems like a big number. Nebraska um, opens as seven-point favorites against the Buffs at home, Deion Sanders' home first home game in front of what I'm sure will be a sold-out crowd. I don't know about all that. The Bu- Buffalo fans, if you haven't got your tickets yet, go grab them. Um, let's see if we can let's see if they can surpass that number. They're currently thirty thousand thirteen was what was reported. Um, that means you are, let's see, four hundred thirty-seven tickets away from surpassing the amount that the Buffs have had in attendance the past seven years. So once they get to 30,451, that will be as many people attending the spring game as it has been in the past seven years. Um, So yeah, huge turnout. I think this is just a sign of the times. Colorado is one of the hottest programs in the country. A lot of people want to be a part of it. Of course, Xavier Weaver, huge addition. um, Great jump ball catcher. Probably will come in as Colorado's number one receiver and only helps Colorado kind of compete with the arms race that is happening in the Pac-12. But yeah, this has been Locked on Bus. I'm Kevin Borba, of course. You can check out our episodes on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, of course. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share these podcasts. I greatly appreciate it. The more likes and views we get, the more interactions we get to have with Colorado fans. So I appreciate you guys guys for listening, watching, wherever, however you get your Locked on Buffs. I appreciate you, and we will see you guys tomorrow.